Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I got the year right. Welcome to Flickr Effect. I'm Dave Lott. Joining me this week is Bobby Jackson. How's it going, Bobby? Good. How's it going with you? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's been and a while. It has been a while. And it's not just us. Michelle Hillard is also here. How's it going, Michelle? Hi, everybody. Hey, Michelle. Hello. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, three out of four. It's not bad, right? Yeah. It's not bad. Unfortunately, Asha couldn't make it. We miss him, but soon. Yeah. We'll see him in person soon. At least a couple yeah. of Yeah. I get to see both Bobby and Yasha soon. And a bonus guest of Carlton. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It'll be interesting to have that whole dynamic because <laughs> last time um, you weren't there, Michelle. It was when I know. Uh, Carlton had just moved there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Memorial Day weekend. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. now it'll be nice because you'll be there, too, and it'll be all of the whole Flickr effect. Well, I guess there is technically other people who have been part of Flickr effect that oh. wouldn't be there. But I, re- I should reach out to Aaron and see if I can get Aaron <laughs> sure. to come down. I can reach out to Christy, see if Christy can come out. <laughs> yeah, right? That'd be amazing. Just, like, have a Flickr effect party. That'd be kind of dope. Yeah. Well, it, like you said, it is in a few weeks, and um, that I, why don't we start there? Actually, uh, yeah. as something to talk about for news. So, um, out of all the different studios that'll be there, David, which one are you excited to see? That'll be a coming <laughs> <Trick question. laughs> Well, uh, any studios? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do I have any options? Yeah, well, can well, I, is this a multiple choice question? What are my right. yeah? What do I get to pick no, from? No, not sadly. It, it, you don't really have much uh, options there. Um, from what we know, pretty much every studio is not going to be at Comic Con this year, which is just <laughs> incredibly sad. And it, and it's not even necessarily because of all the different panels to that I'd be seeing in Hall H and stuff because. Obviously, if you've been to Comic-Con, you know how hard it is to get into that room, and you pretty much have to camp out if you're going to do that. And we're at that stage where we've been there, done that, so that's not necessarily in the cards for us to do that unless we had press badges and we can go in. So not having that isn't such a big deal. Not having some of the other studios there isn't such a big deal in terms of being able to see them in person, it's missing out on that news that, that kind of circulates, even if you're not in the room and it's like, it's the talk while you're there. And so not having that is going to damper it a little bit, in my opinion, just because that's part of the fun of it. Even when you don't get to go see the the panels in person, you still talk about it. And, Mm. and, you know, when you're going out to go eat and just different stuff of what you heard for the day. So, yeah, that'll be a little bit of a bummer. And I mean, some of the bigger ones, obviously, we had heard first seemed like the first shot across the bow was Marvel saying uh, they weren't going to be there this year, which it's not the first time that they haven't right. appeared at Comic-Con. So it wasn't the hugest surprise, but at the same time, it was kind of like, oh, I wish they would have been there for this year as well. So that was a bummer. But then it was like a domino. After that. Yeah. It was what, like Universal and then Netflix and, and then Disney. Um, and then, of course, that followed with Lucasfilm. And yeah. 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 Like, at what's going to be in Hall? What's even going to be in Hall H at this point? Yeah, exactly. I, I think I, mean, I saw <laughs> um, 
I'll have to look at the article, but I think I saw MTV will be there, I think, still. Uh, or, or at least Paramount in some form or fashion mm-hmm. will be there. Um, I, I want to say that they said DC will still have a presence of some shows, but they don't know anything live action yet in terms of whether right. or not they're going to have it. I would imagine so, though. I, I'm very optimistic that DC will have something to show us just because it's Warner Brothers and well, they want to be able to have some of their faith restored, especially after uh, The Flash is pretty much run out of gas at the box office. Mm-hmm. It's just not doing it. And so I think they want to try and garner as much goodwill as they can. And I would be surprised if they didn't go there with at least one thing. And some of that is dependent upon the Screen Actors Guild and if they strike. Because if they strike, then you don't have any actors that are going to be able to make an appearance there. And so at least if right now there's a reason why a lot of shows and stuff aren't going to be there because typically speaking at those panels, you have the showrunners and writers and actors as well, but that not going to be happening because of the the writers are on strike. So the movies were still that last bastion of hope because you can still bring out the, the stars for a lot of the things that are going to be coming out and they can talk about different things that they can talk about for some of the projects they're working on. But yeah, if they strike, then it's like <laughs> all bets are off. And so it's a matter of with James Gunn, and Peter Safran just come on stage and just talk about stuff and show like a slide deck, of, you know, like a picture of who they've cast for this and that and just talk a little bit about it. Sort of similar to what he did when he talked about the new DC, DCU and how he had that presentation, do something similar to that. So right. uh, it, I don't know. Go ahead, Michelle. No, I was just going to say, it just seems so lame. <laughs> Mm. I mean, yeah. If 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 SAG strikes, like, I, what what are like? And it's a bummer too because I'm not saying it's as my very last Comic Con or anything, but it's the last foreseeable mm. Comic Con that I will be attending for a while, most likely. Um, and it's kind of sad that it could be going out kind of on this note. <laughs> like, mm. I'm kind of like, oh wow, there's not going to be any real panels. Not that I was going to try to get into Hall H, but there's other panels in other rooms. There's like two other rooms that are pretty like big, you know, in conjunction with Hall H. And yeah, like if nobody's going to go, <laughs> it's kind of like so we're shopping the whole time? I mean... <laughs> right. well, I mean, it could be an interesting convention in that it could be the most at least in the modern era the most comic book comic con in quite a while like i mean dc comics is still going to have a presence i'm sure uh i would imagine marvel comics is still going to have a significant presence like all and the you know and all the other smaller you know Mm -hmm. comic book publishers out there so and i've been to some of those panels as i'm sure you have bobby and you have michelle like it's that's Every year that I've gone, that I've gone to some of those bigger, like, D- like I think I went to a DC Comics panel once, and I walked out of it going, man, I got to read a bunch of stuff. I'm like, you know, and mm-hmm. 
and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, yeah, it's going to be crazy to not have like any actors there. Like to think of, you know, even that, that center tent area where they do like the meet and greets and stuff for autographs and photos. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll get some people who aren't actors doing that kind of stuff, like comic book artists and such and writers or comic book writers, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to have an impact. It's not my point, but it's, it's also like I, I feel like I've also seen some takes out there of like, oh man, without this, like, what is Comic Con going to even be? And I'm like, well, I mean, mm. it's still going to be a big convention, and you know, yeah. I think a lot of fun. But you're right, even though we're not going to be in Hall H at all anyway, <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, we're still going to miss all that news. And I say that, and actually, this year maybe we will make it into Hall H randomly because no one is going to want to camp. Nobody's going to want to camp out for anything. <laughs> And there might, like, DC Comics and Marvel Comics might have their big panels in that room because what else are they going to put in there? I don't know. So it's going to be very interesting for sure. It's going to be such... And, like, it's funny to think about the people that are actually putting on Comic-Con, like, the scramble that they're going through right now. Like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like, I guess we'll move all of these things over there. And, oh, like... I mean, I would assume also that I don't know anything about the behind the scenes like management and production of a convention like this and like what goes into those panels and i mean i i guess part of me is like i would assume like for example warner brothers probably pays for that time in hall h to Mm. comic-con or i don't even know how that works i don't don't even know probably something like that and if so then yeah that was probably a lot of money that comic-con international is not taking in this year compared to previous years i don't know yeah, it is also true. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. No, I think I had read an article that mentioned something along those lines of how they kind of get money in a sense from some of those things. And so them not being there makes it a little bit harder for them to even turn a profit. And um, I think one of the things they were talking about in an article that I was looking at, I didn't even notice it, to be honest. Um until I read read it in the article, but they talked about how in last year's Comic-Con, um, there was no carpeting. And I guess, you know, all the time there's always carpet everywhere. And hmm. I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. I never really thought about it, but yeah. And so they said that it was due to COVID stuff. So it would be returning this year. And apparently there's no carpet again this year. And they didn't give a reason as to why. And so, the thought was that, well, maybe in terms of funding and, and money that they have, mm-hmm. they didn't have the money to lay it all down. And I guess what tends to happen is they pull it all up, they get they ship it to some place, and then they um, they have people work on it and repair it and get it all ready for the next year. And so, uh, yeah, that, apparently that didn't happen. So I, I don't know how much more in terms of, a setback that will be for them for next year's Comic-Con if Mm. they're not having that kind of a a turnaround in terms of um, some of the money that they would get from studios in order to be at Comic-Con. Because it's not like they're relying specifically on their ticket sales because those sell out. So they already have that money. (laughs) So it's a matter of like that other money that they bring in from the other stuff. So, yeah. 
Hmm. Yep, it will definitely be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. I mean, I, I feel like the other thing that will probably be of interest to do would be the installations and the pop-ups yeah. that typically happen. So yeah. maybe there'll yeah. be a little bit more of that. And it's nothing that prevents actors, if they wanted to, from just being down there and having their own thing. Like Zachary Levi. Right. Zach Levi used to always do something that mm-hmm. he would do down there. And so it's nothing that says stuff like that can't happen. We just haven't heard of anything yet. But typically that stuff starts to get announced at least two weeks out, which would probably be next week we'll start to hear stuff like that. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, like, what was her name? Katie Sackhoff is doing her own little podcast at one of the um, yep. theaters. And, like, sometimes Conan comes down and Conan will do a show. But right now, yep. without writers, it's not going to be a Conan show. Like, right, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting Comic-Con. That's for sure. For sure. Well, one thing we do know, and this is just actually something that just happened, what was it, yesterday? We finally got confirmation from actually oh, yeah. James Gunn did say it, and he did it like even though the story didn't break necessarily with him saying it, but he did confirm it as well that we've got our Superman slash Clark, Clark Kent and Lois Lane finally cast. Now we had heard that there had been some screen tests with a few different actors like Nicholas Holt and some others, but it seems like it came down to a, a good screen test between as David has it up on screen there we got David Cornsweat and Rachel Brosnahan and I definitely wanted Rachel the minute I heard her name was mentioned oh, yeah. because she just seems like that's a no brainer mm-hmm. like it just fits and I've seen her in a little bit of stuff outside of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel but I've definitely seen her in that and so I just knew she would be a good fit for a Lois Lane yeah. character. Um, David Cornsweat, I've seen him in Pearl, but I didn't know him as anybody other than a character that was in the movie. So I didn't really pay much close attention to him. And I know he was in that uh, Netflix series Hollywood, but mm-hmm. I, again, I didn't really notice. And I only think I saw maybe the first two three episodes at most of that so uh, he didn't i didn't notice him i didn't take notice of him at that time so david i I remember um you saying that you did notice him in hollywood and and had a thought of him being superman so i was it really that strong of a presence that he just immediately jumped out to you to to think of him as superman yeah i i think i i remember saying that either to you guys or even here on the show like I think it's just something about him, his his look. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think he was a good actor in that show for sure, and I think he'll be great as as Clark Kent and Superman. But um, yeah, I remember watching that show, going, "Yeah, this guy looks like if this guy looks like a Superman." I forget how long ago that show or miniseries was on, but I mean, at the time, we were kind of, I think, all in a you know fairy tale land that Henry Cavill was still mm. Superman, and we wouldn't yeah, be getting a new sure. Superman anytime soon. Right. So I remember thinking that, exactly. and also going like, "Yeah, but you know, why would we need another one? <laughs> like, we're, right. we're we're good." That's why I was surprised yeah. when you um, told me that because I was like. Why were you thinking of anybody besides yeah, but Cavill? I just so, remember yeah. seeing him in that show and thinking, wow, this guy 
has that look about him. I mean, not necessarily the, uh, not that Superman needs to be big and ripped like Henry Cavill, but you know, he definitely at the, at least at the time doesn't have, didn't have that Henry Cavill kind of body. Um, but again, not that Superman needs to necessarily be like huge and muscular. Um, Mm -hmm. and who knows how he'll look by the time they start shooting this show or film. Um, Mm So, yeah, no, I remember. It's funny because I couldn't remember his name. So when this announcement happened, at first I looked at him Uh, and I'm like, wait a second, this guy looks familiar. And I had to do a quick like Googling at his IMDb page. I'm like, ah, that's it. That's why I remember this guy. (laughs) So it's funny that this is is the guy that actually got cast as Superman. (laughs) And and Michelle, I know how much of a fan you are of Rachel. So speak on on that casting in terms of what you thought. I think it's a perfect cast, honestly. Like, just even her, you know, in interviews and her being herself, she is extremely quick-witted and spunky and energetic. And she's just kind of like, she has that Lois Lane, like, go get them kind of a personality. And she definitely has the look. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to be spectacular as Lois Lane. Like, I, I, it's like a dream cast, honestly. Like, it's perfect. Like, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, too, because as, as much as I, I won't say it was not a good announcement, I definitely think it is. I think as far as what we've gotten so far, in my opinion, James Gunn and Peter Safran are two for two for the for their casting. So right. it wasn't anything with that. But I will say that um, because all the different trades had been reporting on the, the different people who were testing and stuff, when they announced it, while I was happy, I also felt like it was a little bit anticlimactic because yeah. the names had been there. And so it was like it was just confirming what. You know, I, it, hope, but it wasn't like uh, it was, when Ben Affleck suddenly got announced as Batman. I was right. Like, what? Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. So there's that. So um, then the other rumor, of course, for another character that is going around oh, yeah. is for Lex, Lex, Lex Luthor. So um, at one point they were saying Nicholas Holt was trying out for Lex Luthor and he was also trying out for Superman. So. Uh, you know, uh, just to speak on Nicholas Holt for a second, I, I I feel a little bad for the guy a little bit because um, he had also tried out for Batman, and I remember oh, right. it was between him and Pattinson. Yeah, and he's really right. he's really trying to get into uh, yeah the DC. He really comic. is. He's trying. Yeah, and so obviously um, he's a great actor, and I I feel like. He's going to land something, but he just hasn't landed one of these big, big roles, these marquee roles yet. So, and and I still got another Batman role that we could fill. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. Uh, (laughs) There is that. I I just I would not mind that um, at all, because I was just going to say that I didn't quite see him as Superman um, in my head. I I would quite agree. Yeah. So, but it's. I think the other. Like so, they're also saying that Alexander and Bill Skarsgård are possibly yeah. trying to get into Lex Luthor, and I, I'll be honest, I think Bill Skarsgård as a Lex Luthor would be awesome, in my opinion. Yeah, like I agree. I think Alexander would do a good job. I think he can do. I mean, sure. he showed that he could do a creepy 
guy for sure. But I don't know. There's something about Bill that I think he would make a more... I think it would be an interesting Lex Luthor if it was Bill. I agree. And I don't know if I would have had that opinion if I hadn't just seen him in John Wick 4. Because um, mm-hmm. he plays that villain so well mm-hmm. that I was like, yeah, I could see him easily being like a Lex Luthor type. So mm-hmm. um, that kind of pushed it over the edge for me for his Bill. But David, where, where are you leaning towards? Mm-hmm. It, it came down between these two brothers. That's funny you mentioned I. And, you know, I, for whatever reason, I hadn't even thought about John Wick four. So now that you say oh. th- now that you say that, it makes me also almost like fifty fifty. Because honestly, I okay. would have gone Alexander. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like, I think Bill, especially. I mean, if you're watching and it's on YouTube or Twitch right now, the image that is up, that image in particular makes him look very like menacing no like you can't you can't see the photo unfortunately (laughs) it makes him look kind of just it kind of reminds me of uh, what's his name's lex in a way uh from the michael rosenbaum no from the snyder uh oh jesse eisenberg eisenberg kind of lex Mm. that i don't really want again nothing against Mm. that take but uh i don't know i could see alexander is a lex that is more sure of himself in a way more boardroom lex than he is like tech mogul lex right i guess Um, that's what you're so but i mean you know when you point out john wick four in particular then i go well honestly i think i could either really see either one Mm. i'm I'm yeah my my only criticism yeah and i was just gonna say if if it were up to me which obviously it's not i'd probably go alexander but i think either one's a win yeah so my only criticism of Alexander Skarsgård, maybe two, is one, I feel like, mm, okay, so I don't mean it how it sounds, but I sort of mean it how it sounds. Mm. But in a way, he's kind of, to me, a little bit overexposed. Like mm. he's in yeah. so yeah. much sometimes that it's like that. it's yeah. hard to see him that way particularly. But that's not as much of a issue honestly to me but um the other thing too that adds to it is that in in a way and i I sort of mentioned this in our chat to me um alex is too pretty to be lex luthor (laughs) i just think that's what i thought you were gonna say initially was he's just too good looking (laughs) yeah like to me like uh alex or lex luthor has always been sort of a rugged kind of maybe handsome-ish guy, but not necessarily just on, on like, you look at him and you'd swoon kind of thing. And right. it's sort of like, um, I feel like the prettiest person on the screen should be Superman, <laughs> not not Lex. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's a, not, something not there about it. I think I know what <laughs> you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> as far as the guys, uh, you, you don't want a, um, a, a competition where it's like, not necessarily saying that this is the way that they would go, especially knowing it's James Gunn, but a lot of times a criticism of superhero shows or any shows in general is that they cast all pretty people and they don't cast like real looking people a lot of times in roles. And so I feel like Bill looks like a regular kind of person and that I'm not saying he's not attractive, but I'm saying he doesn't have like this, like, 
pretty boy kind of look to him in a sense. And so I feel like he looks like a Lex that I could buy into, even though I know that if Alex is cast as uh, Lex, I'll buy into that as well. But I'd buy into it a little bit faster with Bill, I guess. I think it just depends on what, like what David was saying, what Lex they're trying to go for. Are they going for the Lex Luthor that's a little bit older in comparison to Superman and is more like board member you know, multi-millionaire like business guy Lex Luthor on the surface, then I would say Alexander. And if they're going for like kind of a creepy, like dark, but still like kind of, you know, a little closer in age Lex Luthor, then I would say go Bill. Like, I think it just depends on what mm. Lex Luthor they're trying to con- like convey. And obviously we have no idea what Lex Luthor they're going to go with basically. Yeah. It just yeah. depends on what they're going to do with that character. I think. But who knows? There could be a whole always, other. There could be a whole other person that is even they haven't even mentioned yet. That's who true. That's that's very true. We don't we don't know. These are and, all rumors. Uh, yeah, we don't know if they'll tell us ahead of time or if they'll wait right. until Comic Con to tell us. So, I feel like right. at some point between now and Comic Con, we'll we'll figure we'll figure that part out. They'll they'll tell us. But yeah. outside of that, the the other part that has me the most curious of casting will be now this is all rumor, but um, the rumor goes that this movie will also help set up the authority, which is another film Mm. that um, James Gunn has listed as being part of this DCU. Now, if you're doing a casting for the authority, if anyone were to look it up, it's a superhero team group. So that's a lot of actors. So that means we got a lot of announcements in terms of uh, if they're going to do that whole team, because that movie, Superman Legacy, is supposed to lead into, if I'm not mistaken, that movie, The Authority, would be the second movie to Mm. come out for the DCU. So um, that's pretty important casting as well. So that's another chance of announcing some big name people for some, some of these characters. So. I'm more curious to hear about them at this point in terms of the casting. <laughs> I didn't even thought about that. I forgot at this point, like the order of everything he right. announced mm. and when what was supposed <laughs> to take place and such. So. It's going to be an interesting yeah. Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah. What is there any other uh, stuff out there that's worth talking about? Ooh. News? I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing I'm curious to get everyone's take on, but it actually, in a way, kind of coincides with The Flash, which I figure we'll at least touch on because, Bobby, you haven't had a chance to share your thoughts on it on the show yet. That's Um, true. But, I mean, it's not about The Flash. It's about the director of The Flash and him being apparently attached to Batman Brave and the Bold. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious to know everyone's take on that directing choice for that movie which could play into everyone's thoughts on the flash though. Michelle and I have already shared our thoughts on the flash. So, I mean, if there's a news item, I was kind of curious to talk to you guys about that would be it. Right. I mean, um, I guess I don't, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like the more I sit with the flash, the less I seem to like it. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. And, we're, of course, talking about Andy Muschietti, for those who yes. don't know. Uh, previously directed it and It Chapter 2, right? And mm-hmm. also The Flash, uh, which is finally in theaters after many, many delays many, many, many and lo- lots of talk about this movie finally coming. It's finally here. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, think I I don't remember if that was announced like right as the Flash released in theaters or when that came out. But I mean, Just I know like a little bit after. Yeah, yeah, it, it would. After. It sounds like he's a he is attached to direct Batman Brave and the Bold, which is mm-hmm. going to be the new take on Batman within the DCU. Even though we're still going to have the Robert Pattinson Batman as well as like a right. kind of a side story thing. Um, I guess I seems so mean to say but like it kind of feels like it's james gunn being like a pity give to him (laughs) Hmm. i i there's stuff in the flash that i like that i think andy did a great job with and there's a lot of stuff that i'm not really a fan of you know and uh, i I don't know if I want him doing a Batman. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards, I'm not a fan of this, I'll be honest. But directors change, can change a lot between this point and actually shooting a film. So, I don't know. Maybe they could try somebody else. I I I'm not super excited. About <laughs> You're saying that they'll give him the uh, the Kathleen Kennedy treatment. <laughs> His movie does bad, so you won't hear from him doing the movie he was announced to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I want to say that, but it's just I think you know directors have their own kind of style, and while they can, you know, they should be versatile to be able to sure. do anything. Andy's, and I'm saying this, and this is the guy that did the two It films, and they were really good. But Andy's style, I don't know if I want it with a Batman film. Hmm. I don't know. I guess from my from my take, I would say that I am curious. I I would lean more towards. um, I'm looking forward to him doing it. Only. If not for anything else, then off the strength of how well he did with the Batmans in The Flash, um, you know, I, I like what he did there with with um, uh, Ben Ben Affleck and as well as Michael Keaton. Uh, Any time that they were on screen, I, I I was totally into those Batman and, and what they were doing. So him handling the entire movie, I think would. I think would go pretty well. It seems like he has a good handle on the character from what I could see with what he did in the movie. And um, I guess since I'm talking about it, I'll give my thoughts on the flash. And to me, it's, it's so hard to talk about this movie because of everything that surrounds it. And obviously there's a lot of the things that we know about with Ezra Miller and the trouble that they've been having off screen. And it's one of those things where I didn't look at it and think about any of that stuff when I watched the movie. I just watched the movie. And I really enjoyed the movie a lot. And it, it's 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 kind of like, on one hand, it makes me a little sad that it's not doing well to only open at $55 million. Um, But at the same time, I'm not mad at it, that it only opened at $55 million because... In a way, there was a lot of stuff that they could have done to curtail this way early on with all the different things that Ezra Miller had going on. And they chose to keep going forward with it. So for whatever reason, um, good or bad, 
it turned out the way that it did in terms of the box office. And obviously at this point, it's very, very bad. But um, the movie itself, I, I really did enjoy it. I thought that I've, I've said it from day one when we first uh, had the character appear and especially even in Justice League that I've never really been a fan of this version of Barry Allen that uh, Ezra Miller plays just because I'm so used to one, the comic book version of the character, also the, the TV show version of the character. I've known who that character is and it was different than what they portrayed and what Zack Snyder gave us of this character. So I've never really been that much of a fan of this iteration of the flash, but Another reason that gives me a vote of confidence towards Andy Muschietti is that I like what he did with Barry in this and that um, he matured Barry in a way. And I'm talking spoilers. So uh, the movie's been out a couple weeks. Yeah, it only made it. $72 million, not even $100 million in two weeks. So anyone who wanted to see it has seen it or yeah. doesn't care to see it. So I'm going to talk spoilers. Um, so there's like when he sees himself and he's the younger version of that character it's like that's the type of thing that i don't like but when barry is has to be sort of the adult that's like the version i wish we had of the flash the entire time we've had him in this dceu uh, he's more sure of himself and it's very weird that that it was just like even in the beginning of the movie he's still sort of unsure of himself but as he confronts his older his younger self he he is more sure of who he is and what he can do and it's like when he doesn't have his power he he's more of the adult and and actually responsible and and not sort of fidgety and everything else so i like that version of what they were doing there and just also in general i i think that far as the story goes it's not the flashpoint from the animation and, and or even in the comics, but I, I thought that their telling of it still had a good level of heart because of his the him and his interactions with his mom. And when they would show those scenes, especially towards the end there where mm. um, he knows he has to put that can back, uh, take it back out of the cart and what that's going to do. I, I thought that was so good, so well, so moving and and poignant, and it just I really thought drove home a lot of the heart of the movie. But um, the action I thought was good, and I I I where I don't think it was good, I will say, is that um, I sort of felt like I was in trouble a little bit with the movie right from the beginning when it first started with the first action sequence. Now, I know a lot's been said about the visual effects, and Andy Muschietti also said it was a choice, an artistic choice to do the visual effects that way, um, which I respect but don't feel like it landed well with me in in that way. Um, I just thought it just didn't look real and it took me out of it a little bit but even if me putting that aside what sort of put me into a uh okay i might enjoy this movie but it's not going to be an epic movie i already knew it from that opening sequence was because as it was happening and after it finished the only thing i thought was that quicksilver did it better in x-men 2 uh, or uh, the uh, days of future past 
Right. I was like that was my thought. I was like it was executed way better in that movie, that yeah. slow motion and, and stuff. And so I was like, if it can't even start where that was, then I don't know where the rest of this is going to go in terms of how epic it can be of a movie. And I think that's where ultimately it it didn't reach the heights in which I wanted it to, even though I did enjoy it. It could have been that much better if it just sort of as much as it did try to go all out, it didn't really go all out in terms of how well they could have done different things and tied stuff in and um, really made it a little bit interesting. Because I remember those rumors way back when they first were talking about Flashpoint, how it would have been more similar to the comics and and, in the animation. And I don't know how much you guys know about that, but um, in that version uh, Barry inter- ends up interacting with uh, Thomas Wayne, who ends up being Batman in the in the mm. comics and in Flashpoint, and he has a little bit of a different Batman suit. And it was um, his uh, his son Bruce that was killed, and, and so it becomes mm-hmm. a switch sort of of the thing. And in that, um, I remember the rumors being, oh, "Okay, we're doing Flashpoint." So how cool would it be to see um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Batman because he's Thomas Wayne in the movie. So and it's like they could have easily played into a lot of those aspects that I felt like they didn't do. But outside of not, you know, trying to judge it for the things it didn't do, it did what I thought in terms of what they were working with pretty well. And obviously having Michael Keaton in there was great and just seeing him again and him being Batman and that it just was good and and there was a couple times in there i kind of like grown with some of the lines and stuff that he did but outside of that i just had fun with it and i i really did enjoy it and it was just like okay you know um this is a nice little send-off and and i think that it made the character for me of ezra miller playing this version of barry allen better than it had been in any other iteration that I'd seen before. So I came away thinking like, okay, this is, this is, this was good. And and this was enjoyable more so than the last few um, DC movies had been. So once you get into the box office of it all, it was just like, well, uh, (laughs) if it wasn't dead before the DCEU is officially dead at this point. Well, I, I will say really quick when, in terms of Andy Muschietti directing Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, uh, I'm, I guess, I don't know if I'm as skeptical of it as you are, Michelle, but I am kind of like, huh, I don't know. like Trepidatious. A little bit. I'm, and I'm saying that, and I'll still stand by my original review of The Flash and that I still enjoyed that movie. I, I think in a lot of ways, I think our takes, Michelle and I, sounds somewhat similar to yours Bobby I think we liked it yeah. we didn't think it was like the greatest superhero movie we'd ever seen but um, yeah I mean there's nothing you said about it in terms of criticism that I necessarily disagree with you know yeah, um, yeah. so uh, yeah no I enjoyed the movie and I, I haven't seen it a second time and I'm curious to watch it again to see how mm-hmm. it sits with me a second after a second viewing but even though I really like it and I think him directing a Batman film could be very good, of course, because the Flash is so fresh and 
it, I don't know. There's something about that that makes me go, oh, wow, we're already talking about a director for Batman and mm. and it's him, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, for one, I didn't really even expect to hear who would be directing that really that soon, mm. you know? I mean, I don't know why. I don't know where that lines up really in the James Gunn kind of timeline of DCU films when he expects to release that, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm skeptical. I'm not necessarily hating the choice. I'm just kind of... Skeptical, unsure, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I I still I still enjoyed the Flash. Yes, like visual effects stuff about it. Like when I heard about like him saying, "Oh, that was an artistic choice," and I'm bringing this up because we didn't that I don't think he had said that by the time Michelle and I had reviewed this. No, he. Um, Yeah. Or maybe you didn't. I I can understand that statement based purely on the stuff like the time travel kind of scenes of whatever that 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 kind of dome like room of time. You know, I can understand that take purely in those moments of the movie, which I still don't really love the way all of that looks. Right. Um, But like scenes like the the baby scene early in the movie, like I I'm sorry, no, that doesn't really work for me. Like I as an excuse it just doesn't make sense so when i hear stuff like that if indeed that is an artistic choice that he really did make and he's not just Mm -hmm. trying to say that to try to like soften it soften the terrible look of those scenes it's that stuff like that that makes me go oh do i really do i want him to right exactly (laughs) but part of me really doesn't I really just kind of don't buy that he's he genuinely was like, yep, this stuff looks exactly like I want. Like, this is thanks. Guy, thanks, visual effects artists. Like, this is exactly what I was going for. You nailed it. You know, mm. and this is how I wanted it to look. <laughs> I just I do not buy that for a second. So. Yeah, I yeah. I have to agree. Like the that first uh, opening sequence with saving the babies from the hospital, like. Was not a fan. And like it, it gives me flashbacks and at the time when this film I'm going to mention came out it was pretty cutting edge stuff and it was really awesome to see and now our standards are so much different when it comes to CGI and and this kind of technology but the whole Mm. time I was watching it I was like this makes me feel like I'm watching the mask like Mm. it's very that Mm. feeling of CGI and like the way they did the dog whenever the mask would act up it was very comic-y and i'm saying this about a comic film and i understand that but it felt looney toony to me no when it could have felt like bobby is pointing out like with days of future past exactly it could have just looked like people in slow-mo and i get exactly i get though that i mean obviously if you're choosing to do a scene with infants falling out of a building it's there's still going to be you know maybe challenges there with how you do that but it could still look better than I this. feel like it could be done. Yeah. Better. I, I agree. <laughs> so it's like the movie didn't start out on the best foot with me for that. I kind of felt like immediately the film started with fanfare and I felt like a lot of it was just playing to the fanfare throughout the film to a point that I was like, it's too heavy handed. And so it's like, well, I, mm. I enjoyed the film. I have like the more I sit with this film, the more things come up and I go, I just, this, there's so many things that just don't work for me now. And I feel like if I were to watch that film again right now, I'd be like, I don't like this. 
Like, I think mm. I would be very disappointed if I watched a second viewing right now. But mm. regardless, that was the, you know, moving on. <laughs> I would be shocked if I felt that way after a second viewing. I no. think I'll feel about the same, if not maybe a little better about the movie. Other than, you know, except, like, for instance, the scene that we keep talking about at the beginning of the movie, like, oh, that I didn't care for that look. But I actually thought the beginning of the movie was quite possibly the, one of the strongest things about the film. I really enjoyed the way this movie opened. And then I think that, like I said in our review, the first two acts I thought were quite solid. And maybe the final act was where it wasn't as good for me. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see after I watch it a second yeah. time, but that's kind of where I am. Anywho, what else have we yeah. watched? Oh, one oh, more thing about that. And and I remember you saying that too, David. You thought the first two acts worked better for you. And I think, Michelle, you said the second and third act worked better for you. Than yeah. The first yeah. Or like and I think I was somewhere in the middle of you two. I think I was like, <laughs> Yeah, it was like the first and the third act or something that worked better for me than the, than the middle. It was very odd. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, I think one of the things that sort of um, bothered me, too, on a level that I, I just – I don't quite uh, ding the movie for it. But at the same time, it just left me a little sour is that – okay, so – we had uh, a moment with Ben Ben Affleck as Batman. We had a moment with Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. We had a wom- moment with Jason Momoa as Aquaman. But we had a CGI representation of Henry Cavill as Superman. Like, why? <laughs> why couldn't we have actual Henry Cavill in the movie? I, 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 I couldn't understand why he why we had all the just Lee. obviously ray fisher wasn't going to be there but outside of well, that i was going to say that the i mean now it's been a bit since i've seen the movie but the moment that we get like a look at henry cavill is in that kind of one of those scenes of the time traveling kind of mm-hmm. thing right yeah yeah when he's in the and I mean, I, I'm not trying to defend the choice but i guess to me everyone in those scenes looked very kind of fake and cg mm-hmm. so i guess that's to me why it would have been that kind of choice if that makes sense. no i mean like why wasn't he actually in the movie like how we actually like in another Gal moment Gadot. yeah oh no yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right i, I yeah. get that i mean i don't yeah he's bitter i don't know <laughs> like but i didn't think he seemed like he was gaming i'm was sure he would have i was kind of joking Adam, I, so okay i mean and even then this I, film I was shot like way before the warner brothers thing that they didn't want him in yeah, anymore, i don't so know but it even, seemed it seemed like their big thing was they really wanted christian bale in this movie which they couldn't get but that uh, is actually I, I'll, well michelle was going to say something i'll yeah, swing back ahead, around to that I was just going to say, like, but this film was shot so long ago. It was way before the whole, is Henry in, is Henry out, oh, Henry's in. Oh, no, wait, Henry is out. So he would have shot the scenes way before all this. So I think maybe they probably even did get something and then wound up cutting it. Who knows? That's like, the rumor, that they did get something and they cut it, which is, I don't know. How right. Kind of even weirder. It, like, is, like the whole, yeah. it, it is kind of weird if you think about it. But yeah, I don't think it's like they couldn't get him. I think it's because 
I don't know because yeah, all this was the movie was shot a, a, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like it was done in a time when things were good with you know everything was kosher, you know. But yeah, it, and as far as Christian Bale goes, that story is interesting. Not surprising. Yeah, so so that whole story actually kind of ended up blowing up, and um, yeah. it was it was it came from um, Batman Beyond. And it was Kevin Smith, and he was giving his review of the movie. And someone clipped out that part of him talking about Christian Bale. And what, and, and Kevin tweeted this out um, maybe sometime last week, I think it was, that, and he captioned that video of him saying that. And he says, Well, what this video fails to show is moments before that, I actually said, You have to think in, that there's a world where, and it was be likely if they quote quote approached Christian Bale. So he had no inside information that that actually took right. place. He was just conjecturing, like, how did it get to them end up going with Keaton? Well, he thought, well, maybe they went to Christian Bale and he just said no. But no one uh, took that part of what he said right. as Everybody conjecture. Just roll, they just went on. with, oh, he actually, they went and asked Christian Bell. Sound so bite. That actually didn't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you, it, and you just mentioned it as like a, a, a difference from Keaton. And my understanding, it wasn't Keaton. It was like the George Clooney moment that it would have fit in. If, oh, okay. That was my understanding. Okay. I, I didn't have an, um, a specific in terms of, well, yeah, maybe because I'd have to go back and look at the context in which right. Kevin was talking about it. But it, it definitely was one of those things where he was saying that maybe they went to him and he said no. But yeah, as far as it was Keaton or um, yeah, right. Sure. All, all I could say hmm. is is that I would. I'm pretty sure they probably did approach him for it and. That's just my own speculation. I'm sure they probably did approach him for it. And I'm pretty sure he probably was like, no. Because for him, Christian's a very, I do my thing. And when that chapter's closed, that chapter's closed. Like, he doesn't, like, revisit things. That's just kind of how he is as an actor. And I think if they were going to, if he did say yes, I don't think it would have been for the the longer portion where Keaton was in. I think it would have been in that quick moment at the end. And in a way, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Like, I prefer George in that because I feel like George's Batman is a much lighter, brighter world of of the comic. Like, whereas Christian's was a lot darker. You know, his Gotham was mm. dark. And, and I would say that George's was a little more, like, colorful and brighter. And I feel like what we're seeing there in that moment of, what is it, a central city? I forgot what it's called. The town that he flash mm-hmm. lives in. Yeah. 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 That central city seems a little more lighter and brighter. So I feel like it just kind of worked better in that scene because that was kind of how that scene was playing out. I think hmm. that fit much better than it would have if it was Christian at the end. Hmm. So yeah. I think, I think I will say, all of that I think played out just the right way. The rest of the movie I have issues with, but... <laughs> <laughs> Not really. So have you guys seen any other movies that we hadn't had a chance to talk about that was out this summer? Have we talked about Elemental? We have not. Nope. So for Father's Day, um, we saw Elemental. And it's interesting because I feel like 
feel like the promotion for that film was really strong months ago, and then I feel like it completely mm-hmm. tapered off. Yeah, and that gave me a sad feeling because I was like, oh, they don't have faith in this film. And the thing is, is like I actually really enjoyed Elemental. I would not say that I enjoyed Elemental as I did with Inside Out, or um, now I can't think of it. <laughs> uh, a couple other Pixar films, I'll say. Like there, I feel like I didn't love it as much as say like Inside Out or some of the other ones. But I will say I I liked it quite a lot. I would say it's up there yeah. for me. Um, with Pixar. And I'm curious how I'd feel after a second viewing of it. I think for me, Elemental was, I really enjoyed the world that they created for it. And I really love the design, especially of the fire people in the film. I think the visually it's, it's quite beautiful. It's quite layered. Mm. Like it's extremely layered. And I really like that. Um, but I think the story is really nice. It's a traditional like boy and girl meet. They're not, it's a Romeo and Juliet kind of a thing. You know, they're not really supposed to like each other. Mm. But, and so in a way it is kind of predictable, but I think it plays out really well, especially because they're creating fire, but they're kind of a culture that seems to me very almost like Moroccan or like Indian Pakistani kind of culture Mm. style. And so like the music is heavily influenced in that direction, you know, the colors and the scheme of everything in that world is that way. And it's, I think it's nice to bring in like a different culture into this aspect of like a Romeo and Juliet kind of a story, at least for American eyes. Mm. I mean, obviously like, you know, Bollywood mm, has yeah. their films that are all very Romeo Juliet and stuff like that. But like for American culture, I don't think we look outside of the traditional English narrative of that kind of storytelling. So I really, I really liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think the music is fantastic. And yeah, I would say it's up there. I wouldn't say it's like in my top three of Pixar films, but wow, it's not in my top three, but I would say five, six or seven. If I really had to sit and like list it out kind of quickly, It's, Hmm. it's, it's up there for me. I actually really enjoyed it. I know it's not getting the love. I know. I don't think it's getting a lot of hate, but I don't think it's getting a lot of like, this was really good kind of press, unfortunately, but it I didn't it. open strong, but it, it did didn't not. have a, a, a bad drop off in its second Ooh, week. either. Correct. And so it, it's, it's still holding itself. Um, it just didn't pop as much as I think they probably wanted it to. And like, I don't, I don't know how the marketing was out West, but here at least in Florida in the South, I felt like the marketing was here months ago and then it just disappeared. Yeah, it like, that. Yeah. like just, just, disappeared off a cliff and it's sad because like it's a pixar film on father's day weekend like that is Hmm. that should be a spectacular weekend like that's not a bad weekend to open a kid's movie on you know (laughs) but that's my opinion i do wonder if it has anything to do with the other movies that have opened around it um and if any of the people had taken their kids to see any of those other movies around it Going back out to the movie theater to go watch this movie and spending the 60, 70 bucks that you're going to go spend for this one after you just spent 60, 70 bucks the week before or whatever was out the week before, two weeks before that. Um, It could be a little bit daunting for some people. And then knowing that, or at least maybe you don't know, but you, you pretty much can guess that. It would be out on Disney Plus in a couple months that maybe they're True. just like, oh, we'll just sit this one out and wait for it to come home. True. Um, I'll say about it. 
I feel like uh, this movie continues a, a, a tradition of Pixar films for me that I see marketing for and I go, well, I don't know about this one. Mm. <laughs> like, and then I see the movie and go, oh, okay, no, it's Pixar's still doing a pretty good job at stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I enjoyed the movie as well. I, I, I would say my take is probably pretty similar to Michelle's. It's, I, I went into it honestly with not like huge expectations based mm. on the marketing again, like just seeing the trailers for it. I was kind of like, Oh, feels a little more the same. Like, okay, here we are. Here's our take on this, where these mm-hmm. people are like different societies mm-hmm. and also had a Zootopia look about it, it did, you know, yeah. except instead of different animals kind of representing various races of mm-hmm. people, we're going to use elements. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I feel like we just kind of did this, <laughs> but uh, all right. Um, but it worked. I, I enjoyed it. I would agree though. It's like, for me, I have kind of an upper echelon of Pixar films. Um, and off the top of my head, I mean, those are Inside Out, Up, Wally. Yeah. Uh, Finding Nemo is honestly up there for me as well. Um, and I mean, Toy Story is great, but those are like my really like top tier Pixar. And I don't know if Elemental is necessarily one of those, but it's, I thought it was quite good. And not far behind. It's not far behind. And I mean, I'm not saying I like out just full on cried during this movie, but I, you know, and I made mm. it almost through the entire film going, Oh yeah. And then I'm really shed a tear. And then there's a moment right toward the end that I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. that kinda, was it the bow? It was the bow, man. It kind of got the me. Bow. Like, <laughs> um, without talking spoilers beyond that, but yeah, like it, but yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. So it definitely doesn't give you that sense in the marketing that there'd be anything to cry about. No, it doesn't. it doesn't no. show anything no. like that. In fact, when uh, it, when Michelle said that it, it's you know Romeo and Juliet's story and it's, it's sort of typical, that was that really made me kind of like oh interesting because while I did get a sense of that you know because they're two different on opposite two totally opposite thing, elements, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> typically in a Romeo and Juliet story, they die at the end. So I was like, ooh, would Pixar even dare? Mm. So I don't know. It made me a little bit more interested. To you should totally go check it out, Bobby. I, well, I'd be curious I, to see what check, you think about yeah. it. I was just about to say, I, I was going, I'm going to check it out. It wasn't like I'm holding back, but there have been so many other things oh, I've been so watching. There's been so a lot. Now this weekend, I'll actually get to see it. So, um that's one of the things that's, you know, remainder on my list. So um, was there anything else that you guys had a chance to, to watch? Well, you haven't gotten you to see, kind of we haven't gotten to see Spider-Verse yet. Sadly. Sadly. Wow. It's really a travesty. There's just been, <laughs> it's just that wow. with Father's Day weekend, Elemental, you know, David's older son wasn't here that weekend, but his younger daughter was. So Elemental kind of fit mm. more, I think, with her. Um, and so Over that Little was, Mermaid. Well, <laughs> but she really wants to see Little Mermaid. We she does really want to see Little Mermaid too, but I think she's holding out to watch that with her mother. Oh, yeah. So oh. yeah, to or I, at that. this point, I think it's just going to be a watch it. Yeah, on Disney Plus. It's going to wind up being a Disney <laughs> Plus thing, unfortunately. I think. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, it's a little disappointing, but it just there's so many movies all kind of clustered together that just kind of is what it yeah. is. And I'm saying all this, and yeah, this next week, I'm pretty sure David and I are going to wind up watching Spider Verse. 
and if not this week, then probably as soon as it comes out digitally, we'll we'll rent it or buy it or whatever we have to do and stream it from the house. I have a feeling it's going to be pretty soon. So oh, I was shocked to see that it was still like at least here. We were mm-hmm. still had options to see it in Dolby or IMAX, I think, or both. Yeah, that um, is surprising. I think they, they, they at least our theaters kind of seems to be doing, uh, well, this showing is The Flash and then this showing is Spider-Man and then this showing mm-hmm. is The Flash and, you know. But it's it's tight with all these films. I mean, like tomorrow night we're seeing Dial of Destiny, and then we have another film. Like I feel yeah. like my AMC Plus, list, like it's like it's just been packed. Like I, I have my three yeah. choices, and as soon as one goes out, another one goes right in. Like it's been, we're not messing around with it. Like lately, it's been a thing. I'm honestly surprised I've been able to keep up as well as I have. Yeah. I'm sort of scrolling through the AMC app right now and looking at all the movies that have just come out within recent time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much caught up. Um, I, I know another one that you guys didn't mention, but I, I'm sure it's on your list to see is uh, uh, Asteroid City. And, wow. Um, well, we have. We have seen Asteroid City. David, well, David I asked you guys if you saw anything else. Well, I was waiting for, I thought, I was waiting for Michelle uh, to finish, and, well, and I, thought okay. she was gonna, I thought she was going to say that, but I think she wants me to speak first. I, think she, I would okay. like David to speak first about Asteroid City. <laughs> you have the floor, David. Uh, I'm not going to say much, because we are actually, we're running out of time, so I don't want to go long on this, but uh, yeah, we saw Asteroid City last night. Yeah. Um, this is another Wes Anderson film, and uh, I will say I enjoyed it quite a bit. Actually, I really liked Asteroid City. Uh, it's it's a movie that I was pleased to see from Wes Anderson, and that part of me was worried going into this. Not worried because I love Wes Anderson and I love Wes Anderson's style, and I'm here for it. And if he wants to just do another like full on like I'm being Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, like mm-hmm. French Dispatch was. That's great. Um, that's cool. Like, but it was nice to see a movie from him that felt different. And uh, even though it's very much in his style and it feels like one of his movies at the same time, the the storytelling did feel like it was a, a different kind of take on things in a way. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting story that I don't think kind of hits you over the head with what it's trying to say, but it, he tells his story and just, I think the right way that even though it's not super obvious what he's doing, I couldn't help but be thinking about certain themes that in hindsight, I was like, yeah, I think he was trying to force that out of me and it worked. So uh, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. So um, yeah, it was, and Michelle can uh, speak to this too. It kind of got the impression from our audience as people were walking out of the theater that a lot of people did not like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's definitely the impression that I was I know, left with our theater. The, the older gentleman <laughs> sitting to my right, definitely right after the movie ended, it was like, that was the most pointless movie or something I've ever seen or something like that. Yeah. Something to that effect. Um, but, uh, anyway, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Michelle though, what did you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm also a Wes Anderson fan. I, I've enjoyed, I think, all of his films. I, and I really want to watch Darjeeling Limited. I haven't, or Bottle, and I've not seen Bottle Rocket. Like, so other than those two, like, I've really enjoyed his films. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I went into this film, and I kind of, I won't say I had high hopes, but I was actually a little bit trepidatious about it, because I was kind of like, I feel like right now, thanks to TikTok, 
And this wonderful account that is out in the world now um, called Absolutely Wes Anderson. Um, mm. I I feel like right now there's a lot of Wes Anderson-ish things out there right now. And everybody's like really pumping up. It's like everybody's just now finding out who he is, which is weird. He's been around for a long time. So I feel like right now he's just really in the zeitgeist. And so I was kind of going in this going, I hope... This isn't Wes Anderson trying to outdo Wes Anderson. And I will say there was maybe one or two moments in the movie. I was kind of like, I feel like he's trying to out Wes Anderson himself. (laughs) But overall, I actually really also enjoyed the movie a lot as well. I would say it's one Mm. of his best, but it's definitely not. I definitely enjoyed it. It definitely isn't bad. Um, You know, I have some critiquey things about it that I think I'm like, okay, what it really is, is I think because we just saw it last night, I really feel like I need to watch it again. Because it's like, like David was saying, like he's not hitting you over the head with kind of the theme of it and kind of the underlying like message of the film. But at the same time, like I feel like there's still a decent amount happening in this film that I'm like, I must be missing something else and I want to watch it again. Because I feel like there's times like I'll see Western film film and I'll enjoy a whole bunch of it. And the next time I see it, I'm like, Oh wow, I missed that. Like, Oh, I missed that too. Like, cause sometimes even in the simplest scene, there's a lot going on. And so, you know, I feel like when I watch it again on a, a repetitive visit to this, to his films, I feel like I see more and I, I acknowledge more and I enjoy more. So even right now I'm like, I really liked it and I'm happy with it. But I want to see it again because I feel like there's other layers to it that I'm not getting right now. Mm. If, if that all it kind of makes sense. But yeah, our theater people were not happy. <laughs> I think people actually walked out. Half there's a couple of people that walked out. They never came back. And then oh, I, didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, <laughs> there were three people that That's walked crazy out. To me. Like I, I can't imagine like in the middle of this movie <laughs> thinking, "Oh wow, this is that bad. I gotta go." Like if. If you're doing that, you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie. Like, right. It was what are the, you doing there? It was the peak of Act <laughs> 2. There were people that left. And mm. that's all I could say about this film without giving away things. So mm. people left and they never came back. Um, and then we were leaving. Yeah, there was the guy next to David who was definitely not happy. There was one guy who's walking out and like, I guess maybe like his father was like, so what'd you think? And he was like, that was a horrible film. And like, <laughs> he kept walking. And then I heard somebody else. They're like, oh, what a waste of my time. Like I heard not good things wow. mumbling out of people's mouths as they were leaving the theater. And I was kind of like, wow. And I'm like, I'm wondering like if it was just an interesting way to end the evening. Cause I was just kind of like, these people have seen Wes Anderson before right like you know you would think so or are they just now coming to see a Wes Anderson film because he's Mm. so in the zeitgeist right now they're they're like okay let's go check out his new film let's go check it out let's see what this guy's all about like are Mm -hmm. are they first time Wes Anderson film watchers I don't know it was it was interesting that's all I could say but I enjoyed Asteroid City and I would recommend anyone who enjoys Wes Anderson films to go see Asteroid City I'll be honest I'm kind of surprised you didn't I got the impression from your reaction last night you did not enjoy this movie that much. <laughs> I I did enjoy it. And even last night I was kind of going, wow, I'm looking forward to watching this movie again. Like, that was really kind of where I think I was when we were leaving the theater. And I think that's why I was so surprised that so many people were so not enjoying the movie. And I was mm. just like, 
I mean, I want to watch it again, but I liked what I saw. Hmm. I just want to see it. I, I just want to see it again because I again, like I just like I said, like every time I watch Steve Zizu, anytime I watch Grand Budapest, like I feel like I see more of the film each time, and that's just how I think his films are for me. Bobby, you haven't seen it yet, have you? I have not, no. I, I have seen other movies, but I have not seen that yet. Um, I'll maybe try and see if I can squeeze that in this weekend as well. Um, but the two movies I did see, which was actually kind of refreshing because for a couple of reasons. One is because it was a complete different thing and theme and genre uh, that, than anything else that's out there for the summer movie season. But the other reason is because... Well, I think that these type of movies don't exist as much anymore. And, and they were both comedies. And one is starring Jennifer Lawrence, oh. No Hard Feelings. Yeah, we wanted to see that one, too. And it, it's, it's, it's a nice sort of like... Um, it, it's, it's not quite as raunchy as I would have wanted it to be just based on the, the, the trailer, but it is pretty raunchy. And I think that some of the jokes really got me laughing pretty well. And some of them don't land, but you know, that, that happens. But yeah. um, overall, I thought the story was good. And I thought Jennifer Lawrence had really good comedic timing and just, there's a scene in the movie. I'm not going to spoil the scene, but when it happened, I my mouth was wide open, and I was like, "That can't be real. <laughs> There's no way." And I had to look it up online to see if that was the case. And sure enough, it was the case. And so I was like, Will "You go with your bad self, Jennifer Lawrence." Okay. So um, there, there was that, and that, and like I said, I thought that was pretty good and it's solid. And we don't have typically a lot of raunchy comedies these days, or just comedies in general. So, and this was solid. So I think if someone's looking for a solid comedy and want a few laughs, that's a good one to check out. And also, if you probably would enjoy that scene that I'm talking about. And then the other movie that I watched was uh, The Blackening which was, oh, again, yeah. a, a very funny comedy. And uh, it's one of those movies where every now and then a movie comes out and it really speaks to uh, black culture. And if sometimes it's one of those things where if you're entrenched in black culture, you get a lot of the, the nuance of what's happening. And maybe sometimes it will fly over the head of other people. Or you can kind of get the surface level of it, but it hits a little bit harder when you kind of live that culture. And there's a lot of that in the blackening. And again, some of the jokes don't work, but for the most part, I thought a lot of it was very funny. And, and the chemistry between the different actors that are in this was was really good as well. So second solid uh, recommendation for a comedy as well if you want to go see something and laugh over the 4th of July weekend. Now, I've been curious about the blackening. So in Remind me, is it kind of like a premise of like a group of people kind of like in a traditional like horror film? Isn't that what's kind of happening? But it's a comedy. Basically, was yeah, it's it's more leaning towards a comedy than it is a horror film, though it has horror elements in it. Right. It's a, this this group of friends get together uh for like a college reunion that they haven't seen each other in years and they're in this cabin in the woods and they discover this game that's 
uh, called The Blackening. And it's it, this premise of this guy you see in a mask and he's asking all these black culturally relevant <laughs> questions and they have to answer them or someone will die and, and it becomes this whole thing and and I, I yeah it was it's, it was fun it was like you know silly but just the right amount of a uh, little bit of horror thrown in there just right. for the sake of it so uh, yeah it was it was a fun movie yeah I nice. that one too there's again there is a lot of really great films happening this summer. It is literally yeah. like there's there's just not enough free time to do it all. Yeah. Um, one last thing before we get out of here that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't know, Michelle, if you've seen it. David Hess said he has at least seen the first episode of oh. Secret Invasion. And oh, yes. Have you? Okay. So, let's see. Okay. First thing I guess I want to talk about really is had you guys seen the uh, conversation slash controversy about the opening credits? No. No. I've ah. heard anything about that. See, this, this is what happens when you're not on Twitter, David. Apparently. <laughs> there's this, yeah, there's this big, huge. Huge. When I say huge, I say it was huge. Um, uh, controversy because... Uh, the the director or the showrunner had came out and, and said that the opening sequence was created by AI. Now, if you know anything about the, the current writer strike we have, one of their big points of contention is AI scripting and how like uh, mm-hmm. they feel like it, it's taking it could possibly and potentially take jobs away from writers in the future. Right. Right. On the other and concern so, is, is artists. Artists have the yes, exact same artists. concern. Like, it's, it's a exactly. thing. Right. right. And so for this big Marvel machine to then come out with this show that has an opening sequence and it's created by AI, it caused a big stir. And it was like, oh, I'm not watching this show. Um, why? How could they do that? They're taking jobs away. And, and it was this whole thing. And then the, um, the showrunner came out maybe a day or two later after that controversy and had said well no the way it was done was that um it's a tool and our animators and artists used it in order to create the the sequence and then they did their touches to it and they still worked with it it wasn't like it was just oh here let me just throw this in and create the sequence and then boop, we're done and it, was and done. it wasn't Perfect. like yeah no it wasn't like that and and so um, people had been talking about it and debating the fact that was it right for them to do that, especially with the main concern of everything going on. And yeah. you found people on both sides of it. And so my whole thing, I thought my take was because they were talking about the whole taking away jobs. And I felt like because the showrunner also had said that by the nature of the show and these is the show is about what's real and what isn't this was sort of a representation by doing this sequence in the AI that it was like, mm. you don't know what's real. And so it was artistically done to fit within the theme, not to do like, Oh, let's start doing AI and, and taking away jobs. They, they didn't do it in that spirit. I felt like it was perfectly fine for them to do it that, that way. And it's also one of those things to me where the people who complain about it, taking away jobs, it, it's, it, it, I liken it unto the same idea that 
when any kind of tool comes out, it could potentially take away jobs. Or it just depends on how it's used. Exactly. I mean, I, it's like when the volume came out, I don't know if a whole bunch of location scouts said they're losing jobs right. because they're not going to film on real locations anymore. Exactly. So it's like I, I don't – people always will find that way to complain about something as opposed to understanding it and trying – adapt to it and make it work you know and and i applaud them for trying to do that now with within the writer strike and saying okay this can be used but only under these circumstances in these terms and that's a, a good way to adapt to this technology as it emerges but for everyone to just get indignant about it it's like it's taking away jobs no it was done with intention it wasn't meant to like take away people's jobs because those jobs weren't up for offer anyway <laughs> they weren't ever on the right. table they right. were jobs offered so yeah it was just one of those things so i y- you guys didn't hear about it so i guess i kind of caught you up on it but yeah it was a it was a big thing <laughs> last week huh. and, um, but the show itself um i'm enjoying it i've seen the first two episodes the second episode dropped today and i'd say this second episode was even better than the first episode there's some scenes that have some great acting on display with Samuel L. Jackson acting opposite other characters. And Olivia Coleman is excellent in this second episode as well. Um, it has this spy intrigue, uh, cat and mouse thing going on that is done really well. And the ending of last week's episode with Maria Hill just was like, I didn't see that coming. And so if you want to do a series and, and and show how high the stakes are, they couldn't have done it better in terms of killing off like a character like that. That was just crazy. Hmm. Hmm. What'd you think, Michelle? I was actually a little let down by it. But you've seen the you haven't seen the second episode. I've you've not seen, seen the, first. the second episode, but I saw the first episode, and I was kind of like, oh, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. It just kind of was like, all right, I guess that's what they're doing with it. All right. I don't know. I was not not extremely impressed. I mean, it's definitely not, in one sense, it's not bad. Like, it's not, like, I still haven't even finished She-Hulk. I was not enjoying (laughs) She-Hulk. So I don't think it's like unenjoyable, you know, but it's I have high expectations for this one. <laughs> and I think I'm reasonable to have high expectations when I look at the idea and the premise and then the actors that they have for this show. I have high expectations and I really need them to meet them. Like I hate to be that way. Like there's sometimes I go, oh, maybe my expectations were too high and I should have. No, but this one. No, no. They're up there, and they should be met. And so, I'm a little like, huh? Okay. Hmm. All right. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it right now. We'll see. Um, I've also only seen the first episode. I wanted to watch the second one before we did this, but that didn't happen. Um, yeah, I watched the first episode, and I'll be honest, I was kind of bored with this so far. Um, I was very interested in it 
and kind of excited about it even. I mean, I, you know, again, is not being as well-versed in Marvel comics. I feel like I've heard a lot about the Secret Invasion storyline to a point that I feel like, okay, this should be a big deal. Like, this should be big. This should be big. In fact, so much so, like, to me, like, I've heard the argument, like, on another show, heard this argument today, <laughs> that... Mm. You know, um, that's, you know, pointing to the fact that I guess Secret Invasion apparently isn't getting very large viewing numbers, but that shouldn't be a surprise because most people probably would have guessed that this wouldn't have gotten get big viewing numbers. And I heard that. I'm like, no, I would not have guessed that. I would not <laughs> like, have guessed that. Really? You know, no. Like, I mean, at least leading, I, I would have leading up to this show, to me, when it comes to Marvel stuff that I've heard of that seems like it's a big deal to Marvel fans. I feel like Secret Invasion is up there. So to me, yeah. like Secret Invasion, like doing this thing on Disney Plus, I would have thought going into this would have been like, this is a big deal. Like this isn't just like a random mm. story about Hawkeye. Like, you know, this is like Secret Invasion. This 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 story like, arc in the comics that we all loved and now we're gonna see it, you know, start at least, you know, here on Disney Plus. I thought that would have been a big deal. And I thought there would have been more like hoopla about this. I I would agree. Didn't they at one point, maybe it was quite some time ago, weren't they thinking they were going to make this actually into a film? Like not just like a Disney plus film, like a film, like a film for theaters. And then they decided not to do that. But the story is, the story is big. Um, Right. Or am I making this up in my head? I I don't recall that being the case, but, um, I think that I felt like I always knew it was bound for Disney Plus, and that alone set expectations, I, I think, know. for me. Um, and I know that I didn't read that actual run in the comics, but I know a lot of the the beats of it and how big of a scale it was. And so I automatically knew, based on what we have in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, that, that wasn't happening. That this was going to be another version of them telling that story, but in an MCU way, as right. opposed to um, the way that they can. Because there are so many superheroes involved mm-hmm. in um, the Secret Invasion that right. there was just no way. no way. So I already knew. And then I, I think I initially heard that it was sort of supposed to be more like a Winter Soldier spy kind of thing. So I was like, OK, I think I, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. It was going to be a smaller scaled down version of what was in the comics. Right. But yeah, so far with the first episode, I felt like it didn't have enough like style for one, like the look of the show definitely instead of, it feels like it should have a kind of this kind of spy, almost grittier look. And instead it does, it looks like a show like made for ABC Mm. Um, oh, I got it. And and yeah, it just it kind of feels kind of formulaic with like cutting the scene to scene, like like a show I would watch on network television almost. And mm-hmm. it's I guess even though I know this is just a Disney Plus show, I guess I expected a little more out of the look of the show that's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of bummed me out. Just really just the overall look of it. I, I'm not a huge fan of, but I mean that first episode, I've also, I think I've said to Michelle off air, like I kind of want to watch it again. Um, cause I did finish it and went, I'm kind of bored with this and I'm almost uninterested in this. And I really didn't expect that cause I was kind of excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But with that said, am I going to keep watching it? Absolutely. Unless like two, three episodes in, it's just terrible. <laughs> but mm. I, I kind of doubt that. But I'm curious to watch the second episode and I really hope it is indeed better. Um, but it, it seems to continue a trend for me of Marvel stuff right now that just makes me go with a with a huge exception to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> uh, Marvel stuff that just makes me go, I'm just, I'm not caring right now about this stuff. And I think that's unfortunate and I hope there's a shift and that changes. I, I really don't, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer about the MCU. I don't want to be that way. I love the MCU. I love Marvel. So, but you like Guardians, so right, exactly, and that's why I say a huge right. exception to that. Like that, I love right. that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, at one episode in for me, I'm kind of not sure about this one. It's like they're trying to go for the style of like a born supremacy film, but they're making it born supremacy made as an ABC television special right that's what i mean yeah that's what it feels like like Mm -hmm. they're trying to get the gritty like edgy thing of like a born supremacy spy kind of thriller film and it's just not hitting that mark at all again i have high expectations for the show and it's not thus far being met (laughs) and that really is a downer for me yeah and i but also like one episode in i'm not like correct i'm not i I don't want to come across like nope this show has no hope i mean yeah. This show could very easily just get better and better and better as we go and build to something that's really good. Like, I think what we should do is, because the only time I'm going to really have time to see the second episode is going to be Saturday. I could see basically going, let's rewatch the first episode and then watch the second episode this Saturday. And just see how we feel. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, and um, I think it's six episodes, and so yeah. it's not going to be a long one. Yeah. But one of the things that I do, uh, again, outside of really liking so far these first two episodes like about it is that um it's not like 32 minutes and you're over it, it's they've been you know yeah. lengthy episodes so I, although i think that would probably work to your disadvantage in a sense david if, if you find the show boring because then it's like right. 50 minutes of boring it's like we, compared it's like to we're like finally getting a show minutes. yeah we're finally <laughs> getting a show with good length i remember turning on yeah. Disney plus and i i saw the 55 or 58 minute link to that first episode right. i'm like oh here we go yeah like, it's gonna be great and then like half an hour into it i'm like oh man like we still have a half hour of this huh like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you know the the irony is that it's being called um not a lot but i've seen it out there is being called the Andor of mcu really yeah. so. i've heard that as well but you know, yeah so far, yeah but uh, Andor was good <laughs> <laughs> so well harsh. to be fair i would put the in my own opinion i would put because I did like this first episode, I would put the first episode of this, I'd compare it right to the first episode of Endor. Because first episode of Endor started a little slow to me. I think it really, really, Endor got really good to me by episode three. But and, um, your mileage may vary. But, know. like, and not that production quality and the look of something is everything. Mm. I mean, the storytelling, obviously, is Yeah, part I of think it. that's what they were talking about is the storytelling. But, yeah, like, I mean, if indeed this episode had had the production quality look of Andor, I, I mm. would probably at least have enjoyed it more than I did. Yeah. 
I think that would have gone a long way for me. That's yeah. how much mm -hmm. the look kind of bothered me as I was watching yeah, it. I was like, I oh God, this that. just looks so like 30 frames per second kind of like yeah. this, I, I mean, don't know. I don't think it had quite the feel that the way like S.H.I.E.L.D. did on ABC, like it wasn't quite that mm. level, it was right. a few steps above that, but well, not by like a lot. I don't know. <laughs> like, there was a few moments I was like, oh wow, this looks like I'm watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. Yeah. That's funny. But that's our take. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Bobby. More yeah. Than yeah. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to poo on your opinion. Oh, like, no, no. I, I, it, we're not that, trying to yuck, yuck I, your I, gum. I really am. I really am enjoying it. So I, hopefully Good. you guys will get into it after the second I episode. I hope so. Maybe we'll we'll retry it again Saturday and then watch the second episode and see how it goes. I don't want to yuck your yum. Yeah. Nope. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Good. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, anything else, guys, before we wrap things up? Anything we're forgetting? I mean, there's... I mean, there's definitely other stuff I could so even bring much. up, but we are right. out of time, so we I'm not going to. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> Super out of time. Um, so, yeah, we're going to wrap things up. As always, we would love to hear back from everyone listening and watching. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Flickr underscore effect. Uh, you can also email us at feedback at flickereffect.com with your questions and comments. Uh, and if you're watching us on YouTube or on Twitch, leave questions and comments. We'd love to hear from you. With that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Bye-bye.